When well, the first time the first time I went on Halloween was uh, middle school, sixth grade, and because I didn't I didn't come to the U.S. and back in Brazil we didn't do any of this. I wore I didn't have anything, and my friend was going, and then he came over because he lived like two houses down, and he came over and asked uh, if I wanted to go trick or treating, and I'm like sure, and then I went into my room and like got this like blue sheet, and just put it over me. <laughs> and I went outside and I was a ghost. And like all the old people but didn't blue. know. Like, it was blue. It was like what? dark blue. <laughs> <laughs> like I couldn't see anything. It was awesome. Uh, no, and, no eye holes? No eye holes. No, it was it was a complete like know, 30 <laughs> seconds to figure out what I was going to do. And, uh, and then I went out and like all the people kept asking me what I was. Uh, I just said I was a ghost, and then he went out with, like, he had this kind of mask, uh, like a scream mask, and he had a thing where he, like, pushed a little pump thing, and then blood would, like, go in the mask and everything, uh, and so he just said that I was his first victim. What? Yeah, it was really cool. It's terrifying. And then he had a knife. It was a plastic knife. Okay. Of course, but... Wow. Uh, what was your first costume? The first one I can remember being, specifically, I asked for it. At the San Diego Zoo in California, there was two polar bear cubs when I was a child named Klondike and Snow. And for some reason, my brother and I were obsessed with these polar bear cubs. Yeah. And we had like a picture book about them. We had like, we had recorded the Animal Planet special on them. We read articles and I wanted to be Snow. My brother got Klondike. <laughs> Darn it. I was Snow. Um, we, we even reenacted it. We would make a glacier out of bed sheets and chairs. Did you reenact like them moving around in the zoo? (laughs) Yes. So, but my mom made us these great costumes. She's one of those stellar makes her children Halloween costumes on the sewing machine kind of moms. Awesome. I was snow of Klondike and snow. I I found out probably just five years ago that slow, that snow is a, a female polar bear. And didn't really matter. It, I mean, it looks like a polar, it's a polar bear. bear. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I think we didn't go trigger treating, so we just went to like like a party somewhere or party. That's it. Good evening, retronauts, and happy Halloween. I'm Michael Taylor. And I'm Phil Ferenko. And welcome to Real Retro. Thanks for joining us for this spooktacular special of Real Retro. Tonight, we'll be ranking Harry Potter movies based on their Halloweeniness. But first, we have a fun segment here where we're sharing scary stories of haunted movie sets. This one's from Lomography.com. In the 1976, The Omen, uh, the scriptwriter's plane was struck by lightning, and then the executive producer's plane was also struck by lightning. Uh, and the crew okay. decided to hire a private plane to use in a couple of scenes, but for some reason, someone else had to use the plane, and the plane ended up crashing and killing more people. Don't fly Don't. while filming The Omen. Don't fly while... Filming any horror movie, apparently. Everyone dies. This one's really creepy. Uh, John Richardson, the set designer, he created a scene where a character gets decapitated from a car accident. And while he was in Holland in August of 1976, 
him and his assistant Liz Moore got into a car accident and she was decapitated kind of like the character in the movie and I don't know if this is true it's it's like way too coincidental but apparently this happened on Friday the 13th uh, near a road sign which said Amin 66.6 kilometers <laughs> so All right. if it's not true it's at least a good story Okay, this one's pretty good. Uh, it's from listverse.com about Amityville Horror. The first Amityville movie from 1979, the main actor, James Brolin, didn't want to do it at first, but while he was reading the script one night, a pair of his pants just like fell off of the hanger. And he's like, oh man. I have to do this movie. I have to do this movie. <laughs> so, told by pants. Then, in the remake of the movie, while they were about to start filming, a dead body washed up next to a boathouse on the set. Whoa. Like a real murder case dead body. That's insane. Like washed up on the set of the movie. And so that kind of set the scene. Apparently, <laughs> apparently all of the actors kept waking up in the middle of the night at 3.15 a.m., mm-hmm. which is the time that the real murders that inspired the, the movie Amityville Horror. Whoa took place so they just kept waking up in the middle of the night at that time exactly apparently between 3 and 4 a.m is when people are the weakest like physically so that's when most people die in their sleep that's also when when you see a lot of uh, alien abductions apparently around like 3 30 i'm terrified what is perhaps one of the most famous haunted sets in movie history the 1973 the exorcist um, according to uh, LittleBuddha.com, Entertainment Weekly, and Bloomhouse.com, a lot of weird things happen, but I'll just give you a couple. The first set of the house burned down during a fire. Uh, it set the production back six weeks, and the director blamed it on a pigeon, which apparently found its way into one of the circuit boxes. But what was really creepy was that the actual room where the little like possessed girl was was not burned down. And then, uh, I don't know if this one's true, but it's super creepy. When The Exorcist was first shown in Rome, it was screened in a theater located between two churches. And there was like rain and lightning and moviegoers were filing in. um, And then they heard a loud thump and apparently one of the crosses got struck by lightning. Uh, It was like this 400 year old cross and it just kind of fell into the middle of the, the plaza. So lightning and horror movies go together. So this one's not technically on the set of a movie, but actually showed up in the footage. So this is from an article on Week in Weird, and it's about a movie called Return to Babylon, which the story goes that the director, Alex Monte Kanawati, and his producer um, were walking down Hollywood Boulevard and they found a box of old 16mm film just sitting on the sidewalk. I like it. And so they're, they're looking at all this film, and it's from like the 20s, uh, silent film era and stuff, and they, they decided that it was fate, and that they should use this found footage to incorporate it in a movie. Uh, and so they wrote this movie, Return to Babylon, which was about the lives of early silent film stars. Um, and so they got a bunch of actors together, and they, they filmed um, on old-fashioned hand cameras and stuff like that and as they were filming 
um, a lot of the actors experience like weird dysphoria and strange emotions. And when they looked at a lot of the footage on the negatives, they would see like distorted faces, um, that the actor's eyes would be hollowed out and sunken. And you can look at some of these images. Um, they're pretty disturbing. What is? Is it like in a, an actual movie? Uh, so it would just be like for a blip of a of a frame or two, and I guess I guess it's probably in the final movie. However, unfortunately, the the final movie never found a distributor. So you can watch a trailer for it, and you can see some of the images of the negatives, but the the movie was never distributed or widely released. Uh, however, the director uh, believes that the film has brought him nothing but bad luck since he made it mm-hmm. and uh, believes that there was some supernatural being trying to deliver a message through the footage well. and now the moment you've all been waiting for the Harry Potter Halloween countdown where we rank movies based on their Halloweeniness. First, we should say, though, Harry Potter, as a series, is extraordinarily Halloween-y already. It's about witches and wizards, to start. Mm-hmm. There's, like, people dying, there's ghosts. there's ghosts, there's goblins, prophecies, and snakes. And, and pumpkins, and skulls. Pumpkins, and floating candles everywhere. Pretty Halloween-y. Pretty much. This was a difficult list to, to like, rank, and... Pretty fun to choose. Absolutely. Because I've never seen an actual list of Harry Potter Halloween ranking. It's the first time it's been done in history. Ever. And now, without further ado, number seven, the least Halloween-y, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, parts one and two. We group them together because they're pretty much the same thing. Well, it's just one story, at least. And although this one, like, you can you can see them getting darker throughout, but this one is the least Halloween-y, because it doesn't have as many Yeah, like, the, imi- yeah, the specific imagery mm-hmm. and uh, story events are not really things that you would associate with Halloween. Uh, there were a few things. We, we noticed the, the Tale of the Three Brothers story, where they have the animated sequence, where they meet death on a bridge. Pretty creepy, very mm-hmm. gothic. That's definitely pretty Halloweeny. There was a really quick scene where Voldemort breaks into Dumbledore's grave. You get to see Dumbledore's shriveled corpse. So that's pretty cool. I think one of the most Halloweeny, creepy scenes in this movie was when they go to Godric's Hollow, and they're trying to visit Bathilda Bagshot, and she, spoiler alert, the whole time is possessed by. Nagini and she's dead the whole time and the snake yeah Nagini is the snake and so she doesn't even really speak she just hisses and then her clothes collapse and the snake launches out of her (laughs) face and it's terrifying there's some dementors those are always creepy there's a scene in Grimald's place uh, where Dumbledore's ghost is kind of used as a security measure and so when they open the door the ghost just kind of launches at him yelling yeah it's not like a real ghost it's no. just a, a spell to look like his ghost an illusion 
Um, uh, so that's that's pretty much all we found there. Yeah, and other than that, a lot of it is just running around in the woods. Number six, Order of the Phoenix. So this one was well between the Deathly Hallows and Order of the Phoenix. We kind of had a hard time choosing which one was the least Halloweeny. Uh, this one doesn't have a lot in it either. Harry Potter is chased by Dementors. Yeah, that's the Dementors. I think consistently show up in these movies as a very Halloweeny. I saw online somebody was like, "What are those black ghosty things from Harry Potter?" Uh, so yeah, they're they're pretty phantasmic. Thestrals are also phantasmic. Thestrals are so cool. Skeletal black horses that you can only see after witnessing a death. I mean, it doesn't get much more Halloween-y than that. Nope. Grimald Place, again, shows up. It's a creepy, old, haunted townhouse. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a veil in the battle scene at the end where Sirius falls into it. The veil between life and death. Yeah, and it's really cool. Like, It's not necessarily creepy in the movie but i think the concept of the it. concept of it and even if, if you read the books although we're not really talking about the books no uh, <laughs> no uh but yeah the concept of it it's really cool and that's wait no we forgot the most halloweeny part of the fifth book is umbridge oh god i've tried to block her from my memory <laughs> i think she she's creepy because you know she's like rotten on the inside but she's a very nice old lady it seems uh so I, i've seen articles written on how umbridge is one of the best literary villains uh in recent history well uh even more so than voldemort it's a high accolade number five the goblet of fire so to delve for one second into the books oh no this book was not as creepy or halloweeny as the movie was they really amped up the darkness the opening shot of the movie is a bunch of skulls in a mausoleum and then a snake comes out of the mouth of one of the skulls and slithers through a graveyard up to and past a statue of the grim reaper and then the next scene is somebody getting murdered however most of the movie it's pretty celebratory. Yeah. You get the Triwizard Tournament and the Yule Ball and all mm-hmm. the foreign yeah, a lot of love arriving. Mm-hmm. Love. Very magical. Uh, and then you get towards the end, and they're back in the cemetery, and uh, there's like... Bubbling cauldron in the middle of gravestones. There's a, a Voldemort fetus. Voldemort fetus plopped in there. Plopped into the cauldron. Um, uh, so that ending yeah. sequence and the opening sequence are by far the most Halloween-y parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Moaning Myrtle's in there. She's a ghost, right? Uh, Mad-Eye Moody is a pretty fun character, albeit he was actually not Mad-Eye Moody. But, you know, he's he's like this hunched-over old wizard that does frightening magic in front of children. Um, kids. Yeah. So that's, you know, he's got this spinning glass eye. That's, that's He's decently yeah, Halloween-y. Halloween-y. No but, more but, like fun aspect. But this it. made it kind of low on our list just because most of the movie was so fun and celebratory. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Christmassy, having a large focus on the Yule Ball. This brings us to number four. The Half-Blood Prince. This one was one of the 
darkest movies, but it was also punctuated with a lot of comedy and romance. But it, it did have quite a bit of Halloweeny stuff. The first thing that stood out to me was the Lake of Inferi, these corpses that Voldemort had killed and collected to defend one of the Horcruxes. Yeah, that was it, creepy. Clambering up on the rocks. <sighs> <laughs> that whole that whole scene, the the cave itself. Uh, at some point, you get to see Tom Riddle in flashbacks, and he's like taking people to the cave to kill them. All the Tom Riddle flashbacks, you get Dumbledore's withered, creepy arm with this mysterious black rig on it. Something about Dumbledore's withered body just it's very <laughs> halloween If you need a, a costume idea, dress up as Dumbledore's withered body. You're welcome. <laughs> Free info. They make a lot of potions. This movie was focused on the mystery behind a potions textbook. Mm-hmm. And so there's a large portion of the movie where the characters are mixing them up. Classic witch stuff there, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of information the viewers given about Horcruxes. Uh, and that's almost, it's kind of a heavy topic because you, you kill someone and you split your soul and then you put it into an item. So I, I think all that... Just how macabre the concept of it is. Yeah. I'm probably going to say the word macabre, like, Ten times I like that word because it doesn't sound like what it's spelled like. Macabre. 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 I'm just going to get it all out now, so maybe I won't say it again. Macabre. 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 Oh, and there is a scene with a cursed necklace. That was straight up, like, horror movie scene there. Yep. This girl is just walking down a path, happy as could be, chatting it up with her friend, and all of a sudden, she's, like, lying on the ground almost dead. And then her body gets shaken around violently by some unseen force, and she gets lifted up into the air, her mouth splayed open in a silent scream, and then she gets thrown back onto the ground again. <laughs> Terrifying. Aragog's funeral. Yeah, I mean, giant spider, yeah. dead. Mm-hmm. So that's two things already. Yeah. Funeral. True. And there was a brief appearance of a werewolf in this movie. If you'll remember when the burrow where the Weasleys live gets attacked, uh, one of the attackers was Fenrir Greyback. Uh, He doesn't turn into a wolf in this scene, and you probably only know that he was a werewolf if you'd read the books or went to the movie with a fan. True. But it's in there. It's there. We're good. Werewolves. So before we reveal our top three most Halloween-y Harry Potter movies... Let's learn a little more about movie making with our segment, Word on the Set. Today's Word on the Set describes a rather sneaky film technique that is used to take footage filmed in daylight and transform it to look like it was filmed at night. In the business, this is called Day for Night. Day for Night is achieved through various means but it almost always starts with the camera work. The camera is set to lower exposure to mimic the lower level of light at night, and sometimes a tinted filter is put over the lens to darken the footage even further and give it a bluish color. In post-production, the footage is altered to increase its nighttime look. This might include further darkening, increasing the contrast, or bringing out highlights such as windows or artificial lights that would be more visible at night. Day for Night was extremely common in older movies because cameras couldn't capture footage very well at night. 
The main downfall of the technique is that it's difficult to pull off convincingly and can be painfully obvious when not done right. But despite this, it's still a useful and popular technique today. One example of Day for Night is in the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock film North by Northwest, where at the climax of the movie the protagonists are being chased down the face of Mount Rushmore, apparently on a moonlit night. Another more recent example can be seen in Mad Max Fury Road, where a bulk of the nighttime scenes are done day for night. Be on the lookout for this technique, and let us know if you spot it anywhere. And now, back to our spooktacular special where we are ranking Harry Potter movies based on their Halloweeniness. Number three, The Sorcerer's Stone. Now, this one is towards the top because there was an actual Halloween scene. Yeah, if you'll remember, in the Great Hall, it was Halloween night. There was a bunch of floating pumpkins. Then, Troll! Troll! In the dungeon! And then Quirrell faints on the floor. Melodramatic. Yeah. Well, he was faking it. So, uh, the troll, you know, that's, you know, you don't encounter trolls Mm -hmm. a lot in real life. If you but. need a, another costume idea, try to dress up as a troll. With I a actually, wand up your nose. Yeah. Please tweet us pictures of you dressed as the troll from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. We'd love to see it. The Forbidden Forest scene in this movie is oh, terrifying. Probably one of the creepiest scenes in all of Harry Potter. I mean, the Forbidden Forest is super spooky and Halloween-y. So if we haven't mentioned it in other movies... We should have. Throw it in there. You know, throw it in there. But this is the first time they actually go in and they, like, build it up so much that you're like, don't go in there. And then you have, I remember in the book it was described as, like, a sound like rustling leaves. And uh, you get to see that kind of ghosty phantom Voldemort where he doesn't walk, he just floats over the ground and then he's hunched over sucking the blood out of this unicorn. (laughs) (sighs) Um, There is... The restricted section in the library. That's one of the best scenes, too. It has that fun synthy kind of music playing in the background uh-huh. that makes it super spooky. Yeah. And he has like a lantern with him. And you can kind of see the glow of it as he goes through like the dark hallways. And the cat shows up. Yes. Cats are Halloween. And there's books, and then he like opens a book and it starts freaking <laughs> out. And he has to slam it shut. That was good, man. While the mirror of Erised is not a particularly creepy mirror, it is an enchanted mirror. And yeah. haunted or enchanted mirrors are a feature of a lot of horror movies. And, you know, Bloody Mary, having dead people show up in the mirror. Harry's parents are dead, guys. Yeah. Those They showed up in the mirror. Super Halloween-y. Number two. The Chamber of Secrets has a consistently creepy, spooky, mysterious tone throughout mm-hmm. the entire movie. There's not a lot of resting space in this movie uh, for the characters to pleasantly enjoy Christmas or uh, drink pumpkin juice. Because there's a snake going around whispering all over the place and petrifying people. It's whispering, kill, kill. Yeah, it was like, didn't it whisper like, I smell blood or something I like that? I smell blood. And that's creepy. 
and Harry's the only one that can hear it. He thinks he's going completely crazy. Mm-hmm. Someone writes a message in blood on the walls. Messages written in blood. That's creepy. Blood all over the place. Frozen cats hanging from torch sconces. Cats are Halloween. Oh, uh, spiders. This movie is yeah. filled with spiders. Giant yeah. spiders, little spiders, Big spiders. Messages about spiders. Aragog. Goodbye, friends, friends of, of Hagrid. Hagrid. <laughs> There's... There's this haunted diary, which when you wrote in it, a dead person would write back to you. That was pretty cool. And then eventually possessed this girl and started manifesting himself into reality using her life force. That's like straight up ghost story there. Absolutely. And Not to mention this giant snake. I mean, we, we said it earlier that it's in the walls. But uh-huh. you get to see it in the end coming out of the statues. Yeah. Sliding around. And, and the creepy thing about it, like people turn into stone because they saw it through like a reflection or a mirror or something like that. Or, like, water. But, like, if you actually stared directly at it, you would die. Yeah, if you made eye contact. Yeah. You'd just die. But it it did manage to maintain a fun feel throughout Mm -hmm. it. I think that some of the later movies got a little too intentionally dark and brooding. Mm -hmm. And this one shows that you can have some dark, scary stuff happening, but still have a fun, adventurous feel. Yeah. Um, and that's that's one of the things that makes it really Halloweeny too, because Halloween is a fun holiday despite having all the spooky stuff involved in it. That's true. Number one, the Prisoner of Azkaban. This is by far the most Halloweeny movie of all time, if not just in the series of Harry ever. Potter. It's more than Night Before Christmas. It's more than Halloween Town. Yes, the Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> This has literally anything that you could ask for. From everything that you movie. could ask for. Anything and everything. Okay, let's let's do this. Let's list it out, guys. There's a Grim, this giant, creepy, foreboding, mysterious dog on the playground. That uh, symbolizes death. The monster book of monsters. That symbolizes death. There's a wanted murderer on the loose. That symbolizes death. <laughs> there's uh, there's Dementors on the train. And everywhere. And everywhere. But yeah. definitely that scene on the train where it puts its creepy uh, hand around the door. Yeah. Lupin himself is a werewolf. Uh, the In his office, Lupin has spinal column candles. There's the headless hunt. There is a execution. In a pumpkin patch with giant pumpkins. And crows. There's the shrieking shack. There's a scene where Harry was trying to help Sirius. And a bunch of Dementors are swirling around them and trying to suck the life out of Sirius and Harry. The whole climax of the movie was amplified by the presence of Lupin as a werewolf. Really scary. Chasing him around. Hermione. Yeah. Does her best job at a werewolf call. There's something they added that wasn't in the book. Where the choir is singing the Double Double Toil and Trouble song. Yeah. The text was taken from Hamlet. There's a scene where Trelawney is giving a prophecy and she gets all possessed. Possessed. Tonight, tonight, the Dark Lord shall be reunited. <laughs> something, something to that effect. And you're like, chill, Trelawney. So basically, if you're looking for a good Halloween movie pick, watch Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. 
for all the reasons we described, it is the most Halloween-y of all the Harry Potter movies and probably the most Halloween movie of all time. Thanks for listening to Real Retro. You can find this podcast and others over at cbxcasts.com. That is cbxcasts.com. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or other podcast apps to keep up to date with all our content. You can also check out our YouTube page at youtube.com cbxcasts. If you want to join the conversation or just let us know if you like the show, you can find us on Twitter at Real Retro or on Facebook at facebook.com slash realretropodcast.